Hello and welcome back to another episode of Positively PCAVs, the podcast brought to you by Perth and Canoss charity PCAVs. Hi Amy, how's your week going? It's been going good. How's your week been going? Yeah, it's been good, thank you. I actually I got out of the weekend. The food bank in Pitlochry were looking for a top-up of their uh, period products, so I got to have a drive up to Pitlochry, which was quite the treat. What about you? Did you have a nice weekend? Yeah, it was good. I didn't I didn't get to drive up to Pitlochry on work business. But I mean, I cleaned, I clean all the time. I swapped my duvet over to my summer duvet, which was, it was, it's the turn of the season when you have to take out the winter layer of the duvet. So that's all. No going back now. It's summer now. The weather can't turn. It can't snow. It's going to have to be sunny. Do you know what I did last week, which was actually really exciting? For the first time, it was nice enough when I washed all my bedding to hang it outside and it just smells so nice when you get into it, when you make your bed again, when you've hung your sheets out in the garden. That's the dream. I'm uh, I'm going up to Aberdeenshire this weekend to stand in my parents' garden and see them because, well, like everyone else, I think it's been about 12 weeks probably since I've seen them because it would have been near the beginning of March the last time I went up because travel obviously stopped before the full lockdown and it's quite a long way. So I stopped going to see them. So I have my... My niece and the the wee boy that my parents foster, as well as my parents and my sister, all up that way. So it will be nice to see them in person, even though I can't can't give them a hug. But it will still be nice to see them in real life. Yeah, you get a family barbecue going. Yeah, that is my dad's plan. It's a very dad move. I don't have a barbecue. I don't even think my parents have a barbecue anymore. So I have to get to I have to get to the shop before everybody else does the same thing and get one of those disposable ones. So when we talked last week about our episode for this week, we were going to include two interviews, one with Katie, who is a teacher, and one with Amy, who is a child behavioural specialist. But those interviews were a bit a bit long and full of, full of wonderful information that we do not want to cut out of them. Yes, so there's loads of great tips and loads of information. So instead of cutting them, we decided to split was going to be this week's episode over two weeks so this week you will hear my interview with Amy Ayala who is a child behavioural specialist and a long-term close friend of mine who lives and works in San Diego in California with families who have children with autistic spectrum disorders. Next week we will include the interview that I had with Katie who is a primary aged teacher. Katie's been a teacher about a year and we speak in great detail about how she feels children are adapting to change in the lockdown and how she feels education might change going forward with all of the moves to digital technology and just generally how she feels as a teacher and changing her role which was a very face-to-face classroom-based role to now working from home at a distance and not seeing her class every single day. Sounds like a really interesting interview I'll look forward to hearing it next week. In the meantime, we will now go over to my interview with Amy, where we chat about managing behaviour at home, how to talk to your kids about coronavirus and about the current situation, and a little bit about keeping in touch with relatives in a meaningful way online. Hi, Amy. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me, Jenny. How are you doing? Pretty well, considering the circumstances. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. So I thought before we got too far in depth into our chat today, 
we could possibly explain why we have gone all the way to San Diego to get a child behavioral professional to come on the podcast, realizing that there are, of course, loads of great professionals between you and I. Absolutely. There's a lot. I'm sure you guys have plenty of local resources out there. So part of the reason that Amy is joining us on the podcast, as well as her vast expertise in the area of child behavior, is that she and I have been very close friends for quite a long time and actually went to university together. Yeah, we went to uh, Sterling together. I was doing a study abroad program, so I only, unfortunately, got to be there for six months. But I could say it was the greatest six months of my life. Met my best friend, amazing people, great food, awful weather. That's accurate. (laughs) All of that is accurate. So Amy and I lived together in um, what was AKD Halls, which has actually now been demolished. It's probably for the best. I apologize. There were a lot of Americans on that floor. There were. There were actually, so it was a floor of 30, and there were actually only four of us who were students that were staying for the whole time. Everyone else was international students. So it was, you know, it was great fun, but I'm not going to lie. You guys were high maintenance. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. So we, you were with me for my first snowfall. That's um, true. We definitely all went outside in pajamas and welly boots the first time it snowed so that you could go outside and experience snow. Absolutely. I remember getting a bang on my door in the middle of the night to get up and go outside because it was snowing. It was very exciting. Um, I have to say that wasn't me. That was our Texan friend who was as excited as you were to see snow. That's fair. That's fair. My fair share of snow as much as I like. (laughs) And then um, you couldn't get rid of me. I latched on like a leech. Yeah, so it's, as they say, the rest is history. We have been doing the video chat thing since long before COVID made it cool. Yeah, we were, we were OG long, long distance friends here. We were the OG <laughs> Zoom buddies. I would say we've probably seen each other like once every two years or so since then. And that's coming up nine years. Yeah. Wow. Now I feel old. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's nine years because we met when we were 10, right? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> so how are things in San Diego? Are you guys in lockdown? Yes, um, there are a lot of different states. It's gonna, it's it's state by state because we're such a big country. Um, California is still in a lockdown, but we are slowly opening up a lot of our restaurants and other entertainment things like that is starting to slowly open up with restrictions this week. So exciting stuff, but yes, uh, we are still considered in a stay-at-home order. And how are you finding it? Are you getting on okay? All right, as best as. One can imagine. Um, it's definitely been, a, I mean, it's changed everything for everyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm holding up very well. Um, couldn't do without my dogs. That definitely keeps me sane. So I guess this will have affected your work quite a lot. Do you think you could explain a little bit about what it is you do and maybe how the lockdowns affected that? Absolutely. So I work with um, children, young adults, ages gosh, 18 months. Um, the oldest client I've worked with is, is 24. So I work with a wide range of kids and young adults um, on the autism spectrum and also with other developmental disabilities. Um, I do in-home applied behavior analysis, ABA, um, working on behavior change, uh, working on teaching parents and their kids how to work together and do basic things like 
everything from washing hands, toiling routines, talking, um, communication skills, whatever form that may be, up to job applications and social and social interactions and relationships and school and all of that stuff in between. Wow. So do you spend quite a lot of time usually going in and out of other people's homes to work with them? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm, we have an office clinic setting where we do have some children who come in for our social skills group where kids of the same age and same developmental areas come together and play and do crafts and things like that just to facilitate that social interaction. But typically for most of our kids, I am going in home. So I also provide, I have two cases of my own and then I also provide in home, like provided in home services um, where I would supervise other um, therapists, support them there, work on programming, things like that. So yeah, I was in, I go in and out between four three to four homes every day around San Diego County. So at the moment, how are you guys providing that support? Is it all video chat? It's all video chat. Zoom has been a a huge godsend. It's been amazing to be able to work with it. We had worked with Zoom in the past for supervisor um, support. It's been an interesting change. Um, Like I said, some are little guys. I'm not going to be sitting at a computer screen with an 18-month-old doing stuff. But a lot of it has actually turned into parent consultation. Um, I had one mom who said she felt like she had a little FBI agent in her ear giving her tips and hints on what to do and how to react or not react to um, different behaviors and different things like that. Yeah, it must be a, it must be a tough time for a lot of families. Um, Absolutely. Having, having the kids at home, not having school, not having kind of respite from that. Absolutely. For a lot of our our clients, their routine has completely changed and flipped. For a lot of our parents, their routine has completely changed and flipped. Millions across the world are now parents became teachers. Yeah, I'm sure it must be an adventure, certainly, for some of the parents. It's an Um, experience for sure. So we thought it would be cool if you could come on the podcast today because, so as well as your really specific work that you're doing now, you have more general background in child behavior and child development and obviously this is a really difficult time for a lot of parents so we thought it would be helpful if you and I could have a chat about some of the ways to help our kids going through this situation. Yeah thank you so much for having me I appreciate uh, being able to help out as much as I can. So to start with obviously this is a, a really unprecedented situation it's really scary for a lot of us even as adults and must be even more worrying for kids when they don't really understand what's going on. How have you been working with parents to help them to communicate with their children about the situation and what tips would you have for parents for that? Definitely. So the first tip I have for parents is they know their children best. Um, I know right now they're looking online and all these other resources, but the best resource to know about a child is to talk to their parents. So what I would recommend would be checking out your local resources, things like that. I've been looking at the CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, I'm not sure if you, if Jenny, you can add in some resources on your side. That'll be great. But one of the biggest recommendations here is the first thing, talk to your kids and find out what they know. Because a lot of our kids may be misinformed, heard things at school. They might be hearing scary things on the news and the background, things like that. So ask your kids calmly. And a nice tone, just what's going on? What do you, what do you know about this? 
they, our kids are very smart. They're little sponges. They know a lot more than we think they do at a lot of the times. So and I'm sure a lot of parents can, can contest and say, um, so I would ask them what they know. Um, a lot of times they're getting information. They could have gotten some from some peers at school before this all happened. A lot of kids have access to the internet now. I know my niece and nephew have not complete access, but Jenny, I know you've spoken about your niece before. She has some access to as well, I'm sure, and heard some things here and there. Yeah, she certainly has her own ideas of what's going on and like heard bits and pieces at school before she came home. She actually, um, she got quite fixated for a while because someone at school had told her that it happened because someone ate a bat. And she, she just asked us over and over and over again. She was asking every member of the family, how did the coronavirus start? And it was because she wanted to hear one of the adults in her life say that it was because a man ate a bat. So that was quite difficult for all of us because we had to talk to each other. So my sister had to say to us, this is what she's looking for you to say. And this is, you know, just try and kind of, I'm giving her the answers to these questions. You don't have to give her a detailed answer. Just tell her to come back and speak to me kind of thing. She's looking for validation for something that she tried at school. Absolutely. And that's very common that our kids want some reassurance and validation. So definitely reassure them, but reassure them that they're safe. Reassure them that they have things that they can do. A lot of us feel very helpless, parents and children alike. So it's important that we have kind of a game plan. So review things like how to wash our hands properly and, Make it fun. I know we've heard these count to 20 or sing happy birthday twice. I myself uh, actually sing the intro to Smash Mouth's All Star. Uh, it's a fun, it's way more fun than saying happy birthday twice or just counting to 20. Um, and it gets the job done. So you can do that with, with other songs, with some kids songs, I'm sure. Um, you can do a hand washing song. I know you can do that too and make one up with your kids. That might be fun. Um, you can do little experiments. I'm sure that a lot of you have seen the pepper experiment. Um, we can, I'm, Jenny, can you post a link to that? Yeah, we'll post a link to that YouTube video. I've seen a few of my friends with kids use it. It's really good. Someone has filled a bowl of water with pepper and they get the kids to stick their hands in it to see how the pepper sticks their hands. And then after, again, after washing their hands to see how the pepper actually moves away in the water from their hands. So it's a really good visual demonstration. I know a couple of friends who've used it with their kids and find it a really helpful way to teach them why it's important to wash their hands. Absolutely. A lot of our kids get a, need a lot more of that visual. And it's also fun. It's a little, it's a little less scary than thinking about little germs. So thinking about seeing it. Also, avoid any language that might blame others. Like you said with your niece, how she was saying, I want to know about the bat. I want to know about this. And it's really important that we're saying, it's not one person to blame. Don't worry about this. We don't want them to fear something specific. We just want to teach them how to make, take appropriate precautions to prevent the spread and things like that. So I've mentioned before that my mom and dad foster and they have a two-year-old just now. And mom and I were chatting last night about how keen she is to avoid saying that the reason that he can't hug and touch other people, it's not because other people are dirty. That's how in normal circumstances she would teach him not to touch things. And that's how she's taught him not to touch things, like to touch the benches when they go for a walk at the beach and things like this. But now she's kind of struggling because she needs to find a way to explain to him why he can't hug and hold hands with people um, that aren't my mom and dad. And it's not because those people are dirty. Absolutely. And, and the hard part here is that there is no definitive answer 
Um, so the biggest thing is for parents is like always try your best to come up with other ways of describing it. The pepper thing is a really good thing. It's not necessarily the dirty thing. It's just keeping really focusing on keeping yourself as well as others safe. Because I think a lot of the times it's very us centered. Uh, we need to keep us safe where it's, well, if we touch that, someone else could touch it and they could get sick from it or things like that. So it's important that we are recognizing that it's not just everyone else who's the problem, that we all want to make sure that as a community, we're keeping each other safe. So with all that in mind, I think for a lot of parents, part of the difficulty at the moment is the fact that we're all locked inside in the house together. Their kids are bored. They might be worried. There is an expectation that they'll do schoolwork. Um, There's a lot going on. How are you advising your families on dealing with that situation? Well, routine. That's going to be the first thing is keeping a schedule and keeping a routine there. Um, And it's not about creating a constant. There's a lot of pressure from parents, I feel, right now, especially with social media. You are seeing them being blasted all over. Look at the fun stuff I did with my kid here and look at this creative artwork they did here and look at my Pinterest page with all of this neat stuff. And some parents are just trying to keep their head above water. You know, there's schoolwork, there's everything else going on. They have to keep their work routine as well. And then on top of it become teachers. Yeah. My mom and I were having this conversation last night when I said to her that, that we were going to be doing this interview, we were going to be having this conversation because obviously my mom knows Amy quite well. She had said, can you two please make sure that you talk about this? There is so much pressure to be doing stuff and we're just surviving. We, we don't have the capacity and the emotional resources to be doing loads of new things, to be taking up a hobby, to be doing a project, to be putting videos all over social media of how much fun we're having. We're just getting through this. And for some families, that's going to be the situation. Not only that, but the financial side of things, a lot of, a lot of families have lost their jobs, lost hours, things like that. So it's expensive to keep up with fun and engaging stuff. Um, The first thing I'd say is don't be hard on yourself. If your kid needs to look at a screen, if your child needs to look at a screen for a few hours during the day, well, you just have to take this conference call. You're not a terrible parent. We all had screens. It's okay to put on frozen two for the 20th time and let your kid just relax for a little bit while you are finishing up your conversations, finishing up what you have to do for your work side. So it's okay to do those things. Are there types of media that you would recommend? I know it's different for kids depending on their ages, but like are Disney films a good shout in terms of messaging and calm vibes and all that kind of thing? Or are there other things that you would recommend? Yes, for for sure, Jenny. There's things like uh, Go Noodle on YouTube. There's a Go Noodle. Um, I love that. It's for some of our younger kids some clients who are obsessed with go noodle um it has fun silly songs for little ones um fun silly songs that you have dance moves to and do little dance routines for i have some clients who will do karaoke from youtube there's that karaoke stuff and they'll sing along on there there's also kids youtube yoga channels and things like that that you can do as a whole family and get a little workout together all along with screen time There is my niece and nephew, actually, they are seven and 10. My sister set up a Facebook messenger for them. There's a new kids Facebook messenger. Parents have complete access to it. And my niece and nephew will Facebook message me and we'll talk on there. And then my niece will call me to have me watch her play (laughs) Play-Doh and we'll play and talk about all that stuff. So it's not so... 
beyond just entertainment and watching stuff, there's a lot more value here with the screen time of visiting with family members. My, my niece and my stepmom actually have started doing a little book club where my stepmother ordered a bunch of books from my niece's uh, favorite author as a whole set. And they will Zoom call and she'll read her stories. And somehow it always ends up with her watching her play with Play-Doh as well. She's a, she loves doing that. But they'll read the chapter, read some stories from that, talk about it a little bit. And then my niece will just set up the, the phone somewhere and we'll just ask my stepmom to watch her play. <laughs> and it's very sweet because she just wants the company like a lot of us do. So your family have been quite spread out in the States for quite a long time. So in terms yes. of like meaningful engagement with the kids, that's something that you've been working on since they were really small. I know I'm finding it really difficult, actually. So my niece is nine and the little boy that my mom and dad look after, he's two. And I'm finding it quite difficult to engage with them in a way that's meaningful um, over video chat because a conversation with a two-year-old only goes so far. Absolutely. Um, and that kind of stems back to when I'm working with my little ones on the screen for work, it all, you can't have that back and forth conversation. There's really not a lot of it. So what I've done is we'll set up the tablet or the screen in the room and I will comment on some stuff and then they'll run over and show me something on the screen or things like that. So it's definitely can be a little bit more time consuming than just having a quick 10 minute chat, but it can be a lot more meaningful to just sit back, have it on the background and just kind of chat. So like you, I live quite far away from my family anyway, so I kind of have my rhythms and my routine that I'm in, but that has definitely been upended, and I think my communication with my family has definitely increased a lot. We're spending a lot more time chatting to each other, partly because we're all feeling quite insecure, and I think looking to check in with each other and just consistently make sure that not just the kids, but also like my sister, my mom, my dad, make sure that we're all okay it's all different. The day-to-day stuff is, is day-to-day. That's the whole thing. There's no, every day is different. Every day is changing and it's, we're uncomfortable and that's okay. It's okay for our kids to be uncomfortable. It's okay for us to be uncomfortable. The important thing is not, is to just have these conversations about it um, and to have conversations with our families about it too. And to, when we're connecting with each other, you don't just have to have the talk, like sitting there, like you said, the back and forth, it's awkward. So my, my family actually started doing a weekly bingo with a cash prize of up to $3, I might add. And that has been fun because we're not just sitting there staring at each other, waiting for the six-year-old to say something riveting. You know, we're playing, we're laughing, we're playing with bingo, we're laughing at, oh, what was that one? We can't hear. It's a really, it's a lot of fun. So you've found that that's a good way for the kids to actually engage with their grandparents in a way that's not putting so much pressure on them? Absolutely. There's a lot less pressure. There's a lot more of we have an activity, a common thing that we're working on together. It makes it feel a lot more fun as opposed to just sitting there and staring at the screen. So you mentioned about the lack of consistency for all of us and the fact that actually even as things start to go back to some version of normality um, and, and a little bit more freedom, that day to day things are changing a lot. What tips and tricks would you have for families for helping them to instill a sense of consistency and security for their kids at the moment? I'm a big believer in shared control. So discussing a schedule 
coming up with a schedule and sharing that control. Cause a lot of things in our lives are now are not in adults control or parents control a lot less are in the child's control. Um, so come up with a routine. You can do that daily. You can do that at night. I know some families I've worked with have every night part of their nighttime bed routine is to come up with a plan for what they're going to do tomorrow. Um, they can be visual. They can write it out. Sometimes it's a lot easier. Um, they can just talk about the topics that they're going to do about some ideas that they're going to do tomorrow. You can do it in the morning for the rest of the day, but just have somewhat of a schedule. You know, this is a time that we go to bed every night. This is a time that we're going to be eating. This is a time when you can do stuff and then have in the schedule, make sure to schedule in free time. That's huge. Do whatever you want. Yeah. I think it's, it's important for us to remember that as much as we're all not used to being in the house all the time, kids aren't used to having their parents with them all the time either. Like we all need that space. Absolutely. And scheduling in some time to just do whatever is totally fine. And doing nothing is okay. If a kid says they're bored, that's fine. Talk to them and say, well, what do you want to do? Here's some ideas. And I love to do this. If a kid says, I don't know, I'm bored. I don't want to do any of them. Okay. When you start creating the schedule, make sure you can you set up times that kids can play there independently. And also times where you're all playing together. So over here, our children still aren't in school. And we've been told in Scotland not to expect to be sending the kids back to school until at least the middle of August. So there's an element there where they are missing time with their friends and time with other children their own age. Um, For those who have siblings, but particularly for only children, is there anything that you've been doing working with your kids to help them to engage with other children their own age and have that kind of peer-to-peer connection maintained? That's actually been a really interesting conversation that uh, my company and where I'm working with, a lot of us are trying to talk and figure out what are we going to do with our social skills kids? We have that social skills group, like I mentioned earlier, that meets weekly and in the office and plays together in a group. What are we going to do for our kids who really need that stuff? So what we've done is we've actually done Zoom playdates where we have, we send a link to the parents, the kids will log on to Zoom. We'll have usually two, two peers about the same age. Um, I've done things with my younger kids where we play a game where I pull up you know, a PowerPoint presentation with like a bingo game or something similar like that. And they talk about the game. For my older clients, what they've done is we kind of leave it up to them. We give them some options for some video games to play, um, and they'll log into Zoom, have a little conversation, figure out what they want to play, and then they'll log onto a computer game, and they'll be able to see each other's faces, talk through the game. So our kids will be able to meet up and talk face-to-face, which really helps keep that social interaction going, keep that face-to-face stuff, especially for some of my kids who are on the spectrum and have a little bit more difficulty maintaining conversations in person. This actually has really helped them to to be more comfortable with that and to get used to those things and to continue to practice and to continue to facilitate those relationships with peers. So I just have one last question for you. For each of the people who come on the podcast, we have what we call our sanity corner. So what we would like to know is what thing has been keeping you sane? What have you been doing or putting time or effort into to help keep yourself going through the COVID crisis and through lockdown? Well, with this question, you're automatically assuming I was sane to begin with. That's true, which is a mistake because I know you so well. You know me very well. But if I were to be a sane person to continue that, um, talking to you, Jenny, talking to everyone, I mean, just talking to you guys, checking in. um, I, everyone's been saying this. I listen to your podcast, going outside, getting some sun. 
as much as you guys can. I'm luckily looking in San Diego where I can pretty much have that a lot. <laughs> um, so the sunshine definitely helps. Um, walking, I've maintained walking the dogs. It's good. They keep me up and going. I haven't done, I haven't done that baking the bread thing. Everyone's doing. I haven't. Oh, sourdough. No, I'm, I don't have time for that. I mean, I do have time. I just don't have an interest. So I think that's the thing too, is doing what interests you. Yeah. I think there's even, so that conversation about the pressure to take up a new hobby or be super productive or do something like, I feel that Jay. I feel it so much because I'll be going on. So like, I drew this or I did this. I'm like, well, um, I mowed my lawn today and I picked up a prescription. So I'm doing great. Yeah, I think um, in my personal life, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who've been furloughed. And I, I haven't, you, you know this, I'm doing the podcast, like this is part of my job. But also I manage the Minority Communities Hub at PCAVs and people still need help. There's still loads of stuff that needs to be done. So I'm still working full time, albeit from home. So I think that's quite a challenge when you see people doing loads of fun stuff and they're spending their afternoons going for really long walks or they're doing crafts with their kids. Like I would love to be doing that, but I also appreciate that a lot of them would love to have stuff to keep them busy like I do. So I think all for all of us, it's appreciating that everyone wishes their circumstance was different. Absolutely. Everyone does. Uh, everyone does. And Oh, along those lines too. I mean, I have, I still have date nights. We still have date nights. Uh, we will pick a movie we both have the same streaming services, so we'll pick a movie. We'll say, ready, set, go, play. We will have our earbuds in one ear and watching the screens and movies and commenting and talking through them the whole time. Um, so I think that, that doing the typical stuff that you would do, but just have a little earbud in your ear and talk to someone about it and do stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, um, Amy. I think that was a really helpful conversation, and I hope folks take away some some tips and tricks and some things to try with the kids or if nothing else are just reassured that they're absolutely doing fine absolutely that's the big thing you're okay you've got a lot going on as long you know you're keeping everyone there everyone's happy and healthy you're fine well thanks for having me jenny and i will speak to you soon i'll speak to you soon amy bye bye hello amy here from pcavs carers hub This year, Carers Week will take place on the 8th to 14th of June and the theme this year is Making Caring Visible. So we have some events planned and some online information to share with you to make caring visible this year in a time where obviously things are a little bit different. We're also going to be taking over Positively PCAVs for a very special episode all about carers and we would love for you to join us then. If you like, you can follow us on social media. So on Facebook, that's at PCAVs Carers Hub to keep up to date with everything that we're going to be doing and how to get involved. So we look forward to you joining us then. Hello, Jenny here. Our special episode for Carers Week will be released on Tuesday the 9th of June. We'll pop the links for the Carers Hub social media channels in the show notes for today's episode. Keep an eye on them for more information. For more information about all things parenting and support with your child's health and well-being, we recommend checking out Parent Club Scotland, which provides an excellent resource for children of all ages. If you're raising a child on the autistic spectrum and would like any assistance with supporting your child's needs, 
Perth Autism Support can provide you with information about autism as well as support groups that you can reach out to. Looking to immerse your child in traditional Scottish language in their early years? Check out Gaelic Bookbug, ran by AK Bell Library with Perth and Kinross Council. This resource is currently online, but it's a fantastic way to introduce Gaelic to your child. If you would like to know more about anything spoken about in this episode, you can find all the links written in our show notes. Hello, this is Kelsey from the PCAV scheme. During the COVID crisis, volunteers have been doing some amazing work in Perth and Kinross. For next week's episode, we would love to hear about the volunteering you or someone you know has been doing and shine a light on some of the incredible selfless people in our community. If you would like to be part of the show or nominate someone else to be, email admin at pcavs.org.uk and let us know. We'll pop the email address in the show notes of the episode. Thank you for joining us for today's episode and thank you to Amy for sharing her insights with us. Join us next week where you can hear my interview with Katie about all things primary teaching in the current climate. Next week is also Volunteers Week, so we'll be doing something special to celebrate all of our brilliant local volunteers. See you next week. See you next week. Positively PCAVs is a member of the Fair City Podcast Network. Your hosts are Jenny Keenan and Amy Bryson. Our editing this week was done by Lindsay McCallum. Thank you to Amy Ayala and Amy Kelman for their contribution to the episode.